the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to On the Record with Tiffany. There are heroes throughout San Antonio, men and women that go the extra mile to make lives better. During the next hour, you'll be inspired as we introduce you to these unsung heroes. And now here's your host, Tiffany Jones-Smith. Welcome to On the Record with Tiffany and Kevin here on 930 AM The Answer, where we are talking about America, about health, business, politics, and culture from a black first perspective. B1, yes. B1 Republicans. Uh, so, all right, Tiffany, we are back. Good Thanksgiving. Uh, your dad did a good job on on the food, so everything was good there. So, um, I made... <laughs> <laughs> a lot of the food. So if you, this was a joint effort, you know what? You like to get on here and be ignorant. <laughs> and act, like, act like I didn't do anything. I'm not acting like you did a lot. You you you, you need to quit. <laughs> All right, I will start over again. Mm-hmm. You did an excellent this. job on the Thanksgiving. Your dad did an excellent job. My my dad and I. This is for you for the rest of you. My dad and I did Thanksgiving, um, and so my dad uh, smoked a lot of smoked the meats for Thanksgiving. I I dressed them up and he smoked them. And then I made all of the, the, all the sides, sides and stuff that we were that we had for Thanksgiving. She does a so really good job. seafood stuffing and um dirty rice and you know all of the the typical uh Louisiana type Thanksgiving. Because <laughs> <laughs> right. our our family is from from uh from some small places from in South- Louisiana. Yep. So, mm-hmm. all right. So you and I have been talking a lot. We did a lot of talking in the car back and forth. So the primary, the big thing that we like to open is with, uh, we talk about our, in our health segment and uh, our big focus is uh, kidney health. That's a big deal with us. Uh, and we like to bring to it a B1 Republican uh, perspective. And what does that mean? Right. So we're advocates. We're actively advocating for uh, for from a black first perspective, because we know historically that when we advocate for black people. Right. Everyone else gets the benefit of that. And you see that it's a big complaint uh, amongst black people, especially now in the, in the Democratic Party, is that they see all these other groups benefiting from it and they don't seem to be benefiting from it themselves on, when it's our cause that it, it's bringing these things to light. So one of the things that Tiff and I talk a lot about is uh, health care and language that's used against people, right? Or uh, there's that barrier between what people are telling you, what you hear, right, and what you understand, and some of the ways to overcome that and address that. Well, and, and a lot of that is co-opting of language, because we're saying the same word, mm-hmm. but it means some one thing to me and another thing to you. And that is uh, that happens frequently in the world of medicine. Uh, and even more so, I would say that that um, there's just a, a complete lack of communication to the uh, to the patient. Yeah. So one of the things that I get annoyed about is that uh, it just reminds me when I was in the financial industry, one of the things that we would harp on is don't use what we called insider language. Language that we understand, terms that we understand, uh, without communicating it effectively to the uh, to the client in that situation. But in this case, the patient explaining mm-hmm. what you mean to the patient. So you know, and remember, doctors are spending three to five minutes with you, seven minutes on the on the high end, mm-hmm. right? But the average is three to five minutes. So um, explanations yeah. are are hard to come by. You have to walk into those those meetings with the doctor 
prepared. Yeah. Knowing so, what you want to ask them. And so this is where when we talk mm-hmm. about B1, right, from a B1 perspective is we're not waiting for people to come to us. We're not waiting for the doctor to, you know, somehow change the culture and begin to speak in language that we understand. We're going to have to come to the doctors. Yeah, you'll die eyes. waiting for that. Yeah. People so, are dying waiting for that. So talk about some of the things that you and I talked about in the car. Like, okay, I, I go... Who, should I bring someone else with me? Yes. Anytime you go see a doctor, bring somebody with you. An intelligent some, someone. And then, yes. I mean, you don't want to bring your crazy cousin Ray Ray. You, you want to go to the doctor uh, with your with your questions mm-hmm. and you want to be prepared. Right. So when you walk in there, uh, you want to know what's my kidney function? Mm hmm. Uh, what did my blood work say about my my uh, kidney function? Am I pre-diabetic? There, mm-hmm. because these those two things are underdiagnosed, mm-hmm. meaning that it's in your blood work you haven't been told yet, and often that's what the case is. So, so we know from research that the diagnosis is there. It hasn't been told to you. And if you don't ask, they're not going to tell you. Yeah, but there are oftentimes guidelines. And first, let me just say we are not medical doctors. Only one sending emails back or anything like that. This is not medical advice. This is advocacy, right? Yeah. And so we're advocates. And and let's understand what an advocate is. An advocate is supposed to uh, have your best interest as the patient. A patient advocate is supposed to be out there trying to figure out what the problem is and bridge the gap between patient and doctor. Well, I know what the problem is. Here's the problem. The problem is, one, language that's used because they're using terms Mm -hmm. that you don't understand. Two is guidance, right? Because doctors are under certain guidance on when they can diagnose. Uh, In order for someone to be diagnosed with something, they have to exhibit certain uh, traits, certain tests have to test a certain way, and have to test a certain way for an extended period of time. So you have to have a test. That's coming out with a certain result and it has to appear across a set amount of time. So, for example, if you go and you look on the uh, NIDD, the NIH health uh, website, National Institute of Health, on when a person is diagnosed with chronic kidney disease. Right. uh, You have to be at least in stage three A, at least for two months have to test there and you have to have the albumin numbers to go with that. But technically, you can be in stages one and two and not be diagnosed with chronic kidney disease. And that's important to catch that in stages one and two, because now they're developing medications Mm -hmm. that can actually help you and either prevent you from going into further kidney disease. Yes, the medications slow the advancement of kidney disease down. I mean, in a significant way. Um, But you have to get a prescription in order to get that medication. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and right now, um, though people know about this, the adherence to writing the prescriptions uh, has been has been low. Uh, with nephrologists, that would be your kidney specialist, um, it's 1.26%. Or making pres- of all the prescriptions that are written. Of all the prescriptions in the United States. And this, this study was done With 93% of the prescriptions being reported, Mm -hmm. you know, being viable for the study, 93% of the prescriptions in the United States, only 1.2% of those SLGT2 prescriptions were written by nephrologists. And so that's the part where we, knowing, knowing the language, knowing how things are uh, how you arrive at certain details. That's why that's important. It's oh, super yes. important on that part there. And that's why when when you come to the to the physician is that you need to come with your questions prepared. You also need to bring a second person mm-hmm. with you because yeah. sometimes when you're hearing the doctors talking to you, your mind is you know you got your own issues going on in your head and you know back and forth. You need a need that second person to go. Oh no, they didn't say that. They said this. Yeah, and they need to be writing it down as well. And you also need that second person to read the read the room as well mm-hmm. because there are things that they may see that's happening there and trans. Inspiring with the doctor and the nurse that you don't see. Yeah. You know, that are uh, that are being said or gestures or whatever. Mm -hmm. 
And also you want another person there because there's a lot of of what is termed medical gaslighting that occurs with uh, doctors, especially with with, you know, now. People will say, especially with people of color, but really this problem is not a people of color problem. It's a poor people problem. It's a perception of where you are in the stratosphere because doctors are very hierarchical. Uh, so when you have that, you want to have another person there. You may, you may be sitting there hearing what they're saying and you're thinking, oh, this doesn't sound right. And it feels like they're talking down to me. That second person is your confirmation. Uh, yeah. Yeah, brother. They were talking down to you. Mm -hmm. And you probably need to. Don't be afraid to say, you know what? I'm going to go see somebody else. Yeah. I'm going to go see somebody else. I'm going to see someone who respects me and treats me with respect. You deserve to be treated with respect. And that is the issue, right? And one of the things that uh, to, uh, to our listeners. And that's not a black, white issue that is a human issue yeah. every human being deserves to be treated with respect when they walk into a physician's office Let, let's talk about this right uh, a, a term that you'll hear a lot that you always hear this disproportionately right mm -hmm. so we will you'll hear the term that black and brown people are disproportionately impacted by whatever it is right x in our case is chronic mm -hmm. kidney disease on a percentage basis which means for the percent that we make of the population we have a higher percent of people who are impacted by chronic kidney disease. But when you look at the raw numbers themselves, there's a larger number of white people who are impacted by chronic half kidney of disease. the people who have chronic kidney disease in the United States, a little bit over half are white. And this ties into our idea of building coalitions, coalitions. to address it. So like it, it shouldn't be that we're discussing this only along the lines of race. When one race is a man-made construct, we know that. But it's real. But it's real. You know, it, it's a man-made construct, but it's one that we all adhere to and live by. So it is real based on that. Um, but a chronic illness is something that we can all agree should be slowed down or stopped there's not anybody that disagrees with that, right? And there's a a real need for us to look away from this race matter and look at the disease itself and start charging forward on getting our health back. I agree. That's it. You know, let's not, let's link arms and go at this because it's nonsense to have people sick when they don't have to be. But the money-making machine on the opposite end of it is keeping everybody so let's summarize. on their heels. So let's summarize it, right? So when you go into the doctor, right, doesn't matter who you are, you, you need to come with your questions prepared. Be prepared. And you want specific, you want to ask very specific questions, right? And the second item is the second item. The other person you want, you want someone to be with you as well. Mm -hmm. It's not You need another person there. Who's going to speak and be and be patient and articulate as best they can <laughs> to help you to be there with you and ask right. your questions. And you've been listening to On the Record with Tiffany and Kevin on 930 AM. We are doing a special campaign at Texas Kidney Foundation to get your kidneys checked. It is called Silent But Deadly because kidney disease is a silent but deadly killer. And we need you to go to our website silentbutdeadly.org take a 12 question test and we will send you a kit to your house get your kidneys checked at silentbutdeadly.org and you are back on 9:30 a.m. the answer with on the record with Tiffany and Kevin. Yes. All right. So our last section, we're talking about health, in particular, uh, chronic kidney disease and the need for patients uh, when they go to the doctor to have your uh, uh, questions ready, bring a second person also to ask questions and also to be that uh, second person in the room to balance out everything. Uh, so we're really passionate about that. On this here, our next segment is politics. 
And uh, we're going to get a little heated here because Tiffany and I have been going back and forth with this one on the car, so it's going to come over into the radio. All right, Tiffany. MAGA, what did you call it? MAGA mayhem. <laughs> MAGA, MAGA mayhem. mayhem. Yeah. There's always some mess with MAGA. MAGA miss mayhem. Go ahead. <laughs> Talk about your little MAGA All right. People. So, all right. So, uh, <laughs> my first up is Herschel Walker, who. Oh, Lord. Who is, gl- who is inarticulate and cannot put a point together as we saw with the week's faux pas last week (laughs) (laughs) you know which happy thanksgiving to me (laughs) (laughs) which to be honest that could have happened to anybody Uh, no it couldn't have that was it (laughs) no it couldn't have Uh -uh. okay let's explain uh, let me explain my position where we're coming from okay I believe. No, no, no. Hold you on. Explain where you come. I from. believe what Let I come. Let me hear what you got. I'm going to speak for myself. You speak for me. Thank all right, you. all right, all right, all right. Thank you. So first of all, I was raised, with, grew up, and raised uh, to believe and to be and to think and practice that as a black person, especially as a as a black person, period, you have to show up on point. You've got to yeah. be better, uh, yeah. articulate. You got to deliver. Be Ten times better than your white counterpart. Yes, you got to deliver. You got to deliver. That's you got to right. be articulate. You got to know the material. Exactly. Right. And so how should we say this? Herschel Walker doesn't meet any of those. No, in he fact, doesn't. he's trying to get into a, a beef with uh, with Obama. I'm like, that's the last oh. dude you need to be getting into a beef with. Because you dude. know you can't you, do debate. You can't even just keep the sentences, sentence structures together in regular conversation. Like with nobody going against you, with your own team sitting there with you, you are the one who is your biggest enemy. Oh, (laughs) he's terrible. Yeah. And so on that, once again, this is why you cannot just assume that because somebody is really excellent at one thing that they're going, that that translates over into other things that, you know, we can discuss that with Elon Musk. You can be excellent at one thing and terrible at other and that ties into the MAGA madness, but also then we have Carrie Lake in Arizona, right? Oh, okay, now let's get this straight. Okay. Arizona is historically has mm-hmm. gone to Republicans, and the people at the grassroots who run uh, the elections there in Arizona, the vast majority of those people are Republican. Period. Committed Republicans, they have the Republican stripes. Uh, they're Republican, and they're not rhinos. This is this tends to be the uh, inarticulate uh, explanation for everything with the MAGA madness is that you are rhino, right? And the, uh, is that anyone who t- is in touch with reality and holds reality is somehow a rhino? No, right? you know and, what I'm going to say. No, it's not just inarticulate. It's the MAGA Molotov cocktail. All I'm going to do is throw this at you. I'm going to call you Rhino, throw it at you and burn you down. That's what their whole plan is with that. Every single time somebody says something that that holds to actual values, they take them and try to burn them down for uh, not going along with whatever conspiratorial nonsense no, they have and, going. And, and I want to stop saying conspiratorial. I want, I, I've just been saying it's a lie. Mm-hmm. It's just it's a, a lie. lie. It's not. It's not. Oh, it's a no. It's a lie. They're lying, and people get upset with that. And right now, and, and just in America in general, but especially within the party, there's this idea of fair and balanced. That my idea has as much weight as your idea. Well, not if my idea is in touch with the planet of call reality, and yours is not. It's like people who are flat earthers, right? It's just yeah. crazy. It's a lie to say. Like we shouldn't even have to argue that our system is a fair and balanced system. It is a fair and balanced system. And to... And there's redundancy on top of redundancy. to go in and actually lie about ballots and who's casting ballots and people not... Uh, now, why is that important? Because it casts because doubt. Because once again... It casts doubt on the system and people mm-hmm. lose trust in the system. The system has worked. And it that's, does that's work. the very essence of democracy. And when, you, and when you ask these people, give me uh, specific examples in which it had an impact. It would have had an impact on the election. The essence of they democracy is the system and how it works. Th- that's where you can't, you, you can't just come in and just lie about the system but, and try to dismember it to, so that you can get your way. This is correct. But you have the D'Souza's out there, uh, uh, Nesh D'Souza, I miss the 2000 mule guy, right? It's total BS. Mm-hmm. It is complete BS. 
And that's the MAGA madness is that if we don't get the results we want, we're just going to complain about it and say, you no, cheated. If they don't get the results they want. Yeah. <laughs> they're just going to complain about it and say that you cheated. And they're going to burn down everybody. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter if you are a lifelong committed Republican. So as doesn't far matter. as I'm but you know what? Here's here's my thing. When you're when you're up to no good, it will be snuffed out. So you you can throw your Molotov cocktail at me, but I will walk through that fire and come back at you. Well, let's, this is nonsense to keep to to uh, let them just go on uncontested. And so let's talk about that. I don't. Yeah. Uncontested. That is the mm-hmm. key word. Mm-hmm. Things just don't happen because it's it's the right thing to do. And that this is right. That's wrong. No, you have people have to stand people up to stand and participate up. in the process. And so and I think and that is one of the reasons why we're saying that there should be. Uh, more black people in the Republican Party, black first people in the Republican Party, because uh, you can't look at this and not see it for the divisive nonsense that it is and for the challenge to democracy with little d that it is. And you have to when we say come when we say black first, right, we, we're saying people who have the uh, the strength, the, 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 the mental the fortitude to stand their ground, integrity. The, the strength to stand their ground and say, no, this is B.S., Mm-hmm. Right. And let me tell you, people, they go ham on you oh, yes. <laughs> when oh, you yes. get in these situations. Right. Mm-hmm. I've been I've had these conversations but with, you know with MAGA Republicans who get upset. And I'm like, dude, where are you getting your facts? But and I'm then, not here to be your friend. I'm here to represent my people. Yeah. That's what I'm here for. And and then and, and that just isn't. There's just craziness right now with Donald Trump and Donald Trump's been willing to burn it all down mm-hmm. and, and I to had get this, his way. to get his way. And I've had this discussion with people is this idiot has a really good chance of possibly winning uh, the nomination. And I know every, right now a lot of people in the party are pushing for the guy in Florida. And uh, I got a big old question mark on him. Uh, <laughs> major question mark, uh, because I really get upset when he panders uh, to the racists in the party. That just drives me Freaking bananas, right? And so, uh, but MAGA and may again. Have. This is a this to me is a reframing of things. If hold up, if we explain want, reframing because I get upset when I, because uh, then let me explain it. All right, reframing of things is what we are doing, right? They have decided. There are people in this party who have decided that. Uh, oh well, well, what we'll do is we'll just pander to this. Uh, to the lowest ra- common to, dom- to the dominator. lowest to this this base low mentality of uh, race baiting and racism, mm-hmm. where the reality is all you have to do is go back to the values that you claim to be the values of this party, family values. Well, if you want to go back to that, black people are where it's at. We are conservative by nature. Go to our churches. Go to our mosques. Go see. We respect the very same things about this nation, about families, that everybody in this party respects. Yet, you're more willing to pander to that base mentality than to go and break bread with your brothers well, and sisters. hold on. Let's go. Let me let me argue the opposite side because I have a friend. Mm-hmm. We, were, we were talking about this. Go right, right on the phone other day. So Donald Trump got the largest number of black votes than any Republican, more mm-hmm. than J, than uh, than GW. Now I love mm-hmm. me some some George some some uh, some uh, GW right on, on the Bush shot George uh, Walker Bush right. Uh, I liked him and, and I get I get a lot of slack for that, but I don't care. Uh, he got more. Vo- uh, Trump got He's more a good votes. Guy. He's a yeah. good guy. He's- but. Trump, <laughs> Trump got more votes. He got more black votes than any yeah, Republican. He did. So there's something in his message that's transcending just raw racism, which I, I don't think. No, the, let's talk there's about something that. in his message that that is, and that, and I've talked to to black black people who voted for him who weren't who historically voted for for Obama. Mm-hmm. Right, they voted for Obama, and then they went and voted for him. So what would be the, the what was that thing that made them change? I got and it, and it was it. I heard over and over again, I I wonder if you heard the same thing, Um, because we actually do visit people at different times. We don't do everything together. Give the the answer. uh, (laughs) I heard uh, that it was it was that speech where he was saying, you know, what have you got to lose? Mm -hmm. Neighborhoods still crap. 
you know that's that's what he was saying that mm-hmm. like he was he was saying that they've they've declined historically you know over decades so under all Democrats. the things that have been said to you under Democrats and Republicans have not uh come to fruition people just show up get your vote and roll out what do you have to lose mm-hmm and then also and and P, that resonated with people hey he was honest at least he said what do i have to lose that's that's all the same stuff we're looking at our neighborhoods are still are aren't getting any better we don't have economic uh autonomy we don't have economic tools that that are pouring into our our communities so whereas we see see those those things being opened up to other communities is he is he actually going to do that and that was what he was promising yeah mm-hmm. And uh, but and it's what resonated with people. Yeah, but I didn't see any of that manifest. And another thing that I I, I no. think you can't burn down but the, the whole goal, system. But the hope for that. Yeah. The hope for that, and the uh, the the ability that we have as a party to actually do that, to actually open the playing field here. That you sound that's like the very thing. That's the very thing that we can rally around. And that's that's something that not only do black communities want, but poor white communities. All want right. Let me keep you thing. back on the on the on the thing. You sound like you you're giving a, a, a reason to vote for Donald Trump. You become a, you become no, a MAGA. I'm, not. I'm not giving a reason to vote for Donald Trump. I'm giving a reason to come into the Republican Party and realize that that one concept, though it was put out by the devil, is. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, is actually a great concept and something that we should be doing. Okay, that's got to mm-hmm. be the craziest argument <laughs> that I've no, ever it's not. heard. It is not crazy. All right, and you've been listening uh, to 9.30 a.m., <laughs> The Answer with that's On the crazy, Record with That's crazy, but the magas aren't. You know what? You need to get your life right. Can you and you've been from? listening to... On the record with Tiffany and Kevin here on 930 AM The Answer. Welcome to On the Record with Tiffany. There are heroes throughout San Antonio, men and women that go the extra mile to make lives better. During the next hour, you'll be inspired as we introduce you to these unsung heroes. And now here's your host, Tiffany Jones-Smith. And we're back with 930 AM with On the Record with Tiffany and Kevin. That was a good segment, the last segment here. All right, so now we have, Tiff and I have been arguing with this thing. We're going to talk about in our business section. Just because you're good in one field, does that make you an expert in another field? No, Elon Musk. (laughs) Here's the example. Mm -hmm. Yes, Twitter. Well, he's not the only example, but he's the latest example of somebody being excellent at one thing. But not so good at others. Yeah. I'm not a big Twitter person. I don't do because 240 characters. One, I always want to check my spelling. How do you put everything that you know? Like I can't do it's It's hard for me. I write a column every week and uh, and it's a 350 word column. I can do 450 words if 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 I don't have a picture of whatever it is I'm I'm writing about. Um, it's hard for me to con- condense a topic into 350 words. Hence, why? So 200 and however many characters, because I don't 240. do 240. I don't really do Twitter. Um, that are often misspelled and they use a lot of uh, like uh, synonyms and stuff. Not synonyms. But, but acronyms. Acronyms. Use a lot of acronyms, mm-hmm. which I don't understand. Yeah. Uh, I don't. So I don't see. Well, I, I mean, I certainly can see that <laughs> Donald Trump can can you know, comport his full body of knowledge on a subject into 240 characters. But uh, I'm but, sure it takes less than that for him. But back to, <laughs> back to Elon Musk, right? Just because you're good in one area, does that make you good in another area? And I think this is the, the epitome of the arrogance of the wealthy, right? And so here's the deal with Twitter is that he was actually forced to buy Twitter because he put his hat in initially and then tried to back out of it. But they forced him to buy Twitter. So you're talking, when, I, when I say they, I'm talking different shareholders of Twitter and different funds that held Twitter as in their portfolio. So he was forced to purchase Twitter, one. Two, right? So uh, I think he's very lopsided uh, in his... Uh, in his presentation of, hey, we're bringing back free speech. Okay. Is that just free speech for these, uh, for white people? Right. So you're going to increase the number of vitriol that's going to come from the white side of Twitter. 
Right. So when we get uh, so when Louis Farrakhan comes on and says something on Twitter or I better not hear a single uh, Republican friend of mine to email me or text me anything. Well, you better get ready because exactly I'm, I'm going to have a hostile response to you. Right. Exactly so at what point where do you draw the line? Right. Mm-hmm. So right now you have on on, the, on on in this space, people say, oh, yeah, we get free speech. Well, free speech is for every it's for e- other people, too. There are other people who have views that they want to speak on. Mm-hmm. Right. And so uh, that's that part there on Twitter. And so, his whole his whole comment that he wasn't going to let this turn into a hellscape. Well, it doesn't sound like that. It feels like he's le- he not only is he letting it turn into a hellscape, uh, he's contributing to it turning into a hellscape. Yeah, it's already pretty much there to begin with. Yeah, but, because uh, you get you, you get you get anonymity and talk trash, right? We come on the radio show and you know who we are. You see our picture, our face, and we give you our opinion, mm-hmm. right? I'm old school, right? Uh, I think if you talk trash, there should be a picture, mm-hmm. yeah, right? I if you to. said it, you right, say it with your chest, because mm-hmm. I remember Put as it a, out there. I remember as Stand a kid, behind what the heck you say? I remember as a kid, if you were talking trash about someone in the neighborhood, you may get someone pull up uh, at your house, knock on your door, and ask you to explain and have yourself. Something to say to you. Right. Mm-hmm. And so but you don't have that right now. So there's a so lot of anonymity. can be keyboard bullies. Yeah. You know, they have that they have that uh, they have that level of anonymity. And then <clears throat> it's just. Where do we go from here? For Because a lot of this is is ratings, it's likes, it's how how you know, how much are they going? Is he going to be able to monetize this? And that's that's really what most things boil down to is that you've got a business person trying to monetize his business to the max. He bought this business. Uh, his arm was twisted behind his back because we all know he tried to back out of buying it. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. And you have an individual and you have individuals who uh, lie on Twitter. A lot of people go, mm-hmm. no, they misrepresent. But no, they lie. Let's mm-hmm. just call this what it is. They're a <laughs> yeah. bunch of liars. They mm-hmm. lie on, on, on the thing. And then they repeat that over and mm-hmm. over again. So because you're good at one thing doesn't make you good at everything. Yeah. And, and, that's, the, and, and, that's, ha- and that is the arrogance of wealth. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the we same have, thing. With we the, have somehow in this nation and since we are the leaders of the world uh, and we have set the tone that wealth equals knowledge and it doesn't it doesn't it a person can can have garnered great wealth in one area you know they made their money by doing blah real estate doesn't mean that they know anything about economics it doesn't mean that they know anything about education yet that same Individual can decide they're moving into the area of education and everybody just we just act like, oh, he's brilliant. No, no, he was good at real estate. And he may have been lucky in that area. And guess what? Um, You don't get to be a billionaire by not having teams of people that work for you. And his teams were brilliant. As a unit. And that's what made him or her look brilliant. Mm hmm. You know, but when you come in and we're seeing what leadership trying to take over and manage every aspect of the company looks like. Yeah. And let's because talk because this is this has been a bumbling mess. Yeah. And let's talk about leadership. Decision right? after decision. That, yeah. That but it's easier. It's easier not. to criticize. It's easier for Elon Musk to sit there and criticize the people who were running Twitter on some of their decisions and then go into mm. this conspiracy crap. Right. And now he's the man in the chair making the decision and the decisions are hard. Right. Yeah, so if you bring sense. on if, you, if they, he's saying, hey, Donald Trump, come back. We're not going to limit your free speech. Right. They were wrong. The last group of people. No, they weren't. Donald Trump via his Twitter account was causing mayhem at the Capitol, period. So they should have gotten rid of his. They should have disabled his account because he was in he was enabling mayhem at the Capitol. So they should have removed it. Two, right? Now that you're the man in the chair and your job is to generate revenue, right? What are you going to do when people don't want to don't want to come in and be associated with the type of vitriol that's coming through Twitter? Right. What about that? And to my white friends, right, who are out there going, hey, you know, this is free speech, man. What happens when someone exercises their free speech in a way, in a manner that you don't agree with? 
Right. Then it's going to be, hey, free speech for me, censorship for everyone else. Right. So this is where you have this individual, Elon Musk. Right. Who is rich. Right. But has the typical Bill Gates, uh, Bill Gates mindset of arrogance because I made billions of dollars in one industry. I know everything else by simply. Uh, so therefore, I can simply tell you guys what to do. It's the same thing. It's the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. Agree or disagree, Tiffany? Uh, I think that everybody likes to take up the the charge for their own side. But let's remember why. Like, if, if we want to just boil it down to talking about this Trump issue. Why was he taken off of Twitter? Because his speech incited violence. That's why. And don't, get, and don't start with us arguing. We want to argue the nuance of what do you That's mean by why. violence. And so we, there has to be a line for everyone. In the sand when it comes down to speech that incites violence. You don't you don't condone that. Freedom of speech should not result in inciting violence. And that's what we just experienced. That is why. So let's not let's not forget because we tend to have a very, very short memory. You know, and the what about isms and the the uh, all of the the smoke clouds that we uh, see people throwing in this little cancel culture that we have going uh, has them moving away from truth. Well, the, the po- truth is, that's why the, the account was canceled. Well, let's talk about that. Right. Because one of the things that you and I talk about uh, offline and also one of the things we talk about with friends is that the Republican Party initially came out right after the January 6th event and they distanced themselves initially from the whole fiasco. Right. But the party. Right. The, the, The actual base. And you had a lot of this from Fox as well. Reinforcing. You guys did nothing wrong. You you guys did nothing wrong. Yeah, you had you had that narrative going. There was a narrative that nothing that these were just patriots who did nothing. And they weren't wrong. patriots, uh, and that in and of itself is wrong. It's wrong. Anybody who sees the footage of what happened that day and hears it, and especially most especially the people who experienced it, this was wrong all the way around. And to act like it's anything other than that is is uh, is childish. But his account was cut because of inciting violence. So now you have Elon Musk coming in, going, and the first he said that it would be a committee of people that would decide who would and would not have their believe, accounts restored. You didn't believe that, did then, you? Four billion, forty-four billion dollars. Then. He he says, then he just comes on to Twitter and says, you know, how many people think that he should have his account reinstated? Runs this impromptu survey and uh, ends it equally as haphazardly and says, oh, the people have spoken well, and reinstates his account. Okay. Well, he's probably going to have to pay Donald Trump some money to do that. Anyway, it's probably what, is what I feel. Uh, so I have a Twitter account. A lot of our businesses have Twitter accounts, but I'm not a Twitter fan. I don't fan. really do, do much Twitter. So, but anyway, once again, just because you are good at one thing. Does not mean you, you are good at all things. And for our conservative viewers on there. We see people, people uh, resigning. We saw uh, him try to pull a, a little sneaky one, too. With the whole, oh, you all have to come back in. And I guess he must have said that he wasn't, um, that that the goal was to see if he could get people to resign. But, I, I'm like, dude, but in my mind, everything about this but, is. But in my mind, Elon Musk is typical billionaire arrogance. It borders right on the line with the Bill Gates of the world. Uh, it borders right on that line with, I have a billion dollars. I know more than you peons, right? And I'm going to destroy the whole system just to make money which is what he's doing. I'm going to destroy the system just to make money. It's no different than the left, right? The system is the system overall is a good system. We can debate about where it needs to be tweaked, but let's don't destroy the whole house. Just to get across some stupid idea. And you've been listening to On the Record with Kevin and Tiffany. Tiffany and Kevin. On 9:30 a.m. Check us out at On the Record with Tiffany. 
on YouTube. And all you have to do is look up On the Record with Tiffany and you will get to listen to us talk about freedom, opportunity, growth, and progress. If you like what we're talking about or if you don't, check us out on YouTube, On the Record with Tiffany, and listen to what we have to say. Because we can guarantee you we're going to spark some debate at your house just like at ours. And we're back with On the Record with Tiffany and Kevin here on 930 AM The Answer, where we are talking about health, business, politics, and culture from a black first perspective. So... Culture. Let's talk Let's about. Let's talk about culture. And and, and then the, what we want to talk about here is understanding why something is the way that it is, and then also understanding how something works. Mm-hmm. Like for example, and I, I and I say this all the time on the show, right? Is the way the American political system is set up, right? It is local. You yes. want it's from the ground up. It's a beautiful thing. Yes. Yeah. And so oftentimes, and I know the historical reason why we do it as black people, we we could we. We we uh, interact at the federal level because that's where we've seen the most change historically in this country. It's always been the federal level. It was the federal government that freed slaves. Right. It was the local government that uh, uh, put in uh, Jim Crow laws. It was the local government that uh, enforced those Jim Crow laws and that, and that kept people down. So for us, but we've, we've changed. seen positive. Uh, we, we have historic, historically seen positive uh, um, actions come from the federal level. Mm-hmm. But the reality now, the place that we're at today in American society and where we, where it's really a, a great thing for us is that now uh, we can have a great deal of influence on the local at the local level. Which post-slavery, if you look at the historical counts, post-slavery, which is how black people got entrenched into the Republican Party. It exactly. took a while for racists to unembed us out of the party. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. And so we are in a historical change right now. We have to realize mm-hmm. that we're in historical change. One of the things, and let me tie this into something. One of the things is I'm an Internet troll. I like it. And the only reason I, uh, I just troll, I, tro- I troll a lot. Right. Yes. But it one of the common themes that you see over and over again mm-hmm. on B1, uh, B1 channels, B1 programs is this idea that it's the it's the Democratic Party or it's no party at all. Which which basically means they're telling Democrats either you're going to uh, answer and do and give us our political demands or we're not going to vote at all. Well, that's stupid. Right. So we have to go back to historically realizing the context we're in has changed and we have to participate in the Republican Party. Right. Uh, t- to enact change. And you say, well, that doesn't make sense. Well, right now, if we come in and participate, not just simply vote, but participate at the local levels with a B1 mentality. Right. Of that. We're willing to switch our vote. If we to whoever is willing to give us our political demands and the only way you can get and that's demands, what everybody does, every, which is what I that love, is what everybody does. That's this political system. I mean, really, let's look at this. But I love there that is, about the Republican Party. Yeah. You, like the other day, I was talking to something to one a Republican friend of mine who happens to be white. And we were talking about this particular issue. And he was saying, well, dude, what are we going to do about that? He was he was like, hey, we can call we can talk to this person, this person. And these were all local level people. You know, the thing who, about politics is just as we saw everything switched to this um, this racist tropes and all this stuff being thrown. We can see everything switch to us working together mm-hmm. and empowering our communities, and, all of our communities, our communities that are underserved. We can do that. That's what local politics has the power to do. And you would not believe the number of Republicans in the party who are willing to do that. But there's no political incentive to do it. And and the political incentive is our votes. Yeah, that's the political incentive. We each have the actual power within our hands to do that, to enact what it is that we truly want. We want to see uh, economically viable, vibrant communities across the United States. So let me tell you, OK, and, and I don't I, I hate to trash uh, black organizations, especially when there's a predominant group of white people listening to us. But the NAACP did something that uh, that they really, uh, from my viewpoint, messed up on politically. Right. Was that when they refused 
uh, to give George W. Bush the opportunity to come and speak. It was 2001. Uh, no, it wasn't 2001 when he ran, right? And that cost us politically because essentially what we did was we said we're going to throw our hat in full, whole 100% with the Democratic Party. Well, I don't. And you, I don't think you should ever do that. I, I you disagree, but go ahead. I, no, I, I believe that there's nothing that you can't come back from. Yeah, that that may have been a mistake back then, but that's not the that is not the crux of what is wrong uh, right now. It's not the the problem has always been that we've put all of our eggs in one basket and not listen to. Uh, and I've heard this over and over again my entire life. If you're not at the table, your voice won't be heard. Well, that is a very true statement and it's applicable to the Republican Party. If there aren't black faces here, and I and I don't mean black faces. I shouldn't say it like that. Say one. If there aren't black first Republicans, if there aren't people who are advocating for their communities, if they're not there, then that community will not be heard from. Yeah, and that's that, it. But they have to be vocal people. We can't have yeah. people in them because there are so people who disagree with them. In. So, you know, you got to come in with a thick skin. Mm-hmm. And aware of the fact that you are facing opposition, there are people that are going to oppose you. But guess what? There's always going to be people that oppose you. And a lot of times that opposition isn't necessarily racism, which I have to remind myself of that consistently when I get into these debates with people. A lot of times it's, they just disagree. They will disagree with you, right? But we have to be willing and open to debate that and take that and go back and forth until we can come to a neutral spot or a point of truth. Because contrary to what Fox, MSNBC, and all these other news stations tell you, people in the party are logical and willing to hear and go, hey, I can concede that point. I've been debating, I've been arguing back and forth with a friend of mine who can see the let's point of reparations. To, let's listen to what our own eyes tell us. Mm-hmm. Are you at Are you at the throats of every single white person that you meet if you're black and if you're white? Are you at the throats of every single black person that you meet? No. That's not how we're interacting on a daily basis. None of us are interacting like what, what television is telling us. We're is happening between these different ethnic groups. And none, none of this stuff is happening. And this is the thing that drives me crazy way. as well, is this, this idea. It's being amplified as, oh, there's, there's all, there are so many people that are in the middle and who agree with what we're saying. There's just, how do we have to come to a consensus? So, this right here is for my B1 people who are listening to me, right? And I know uh, there, you, you can get a rush, right, when you're listening to someone uh, on YouTube or a podcast communicating how you feel and the injustices that you encounter sometimes as you're oh, yeah. interacting with people or misunderstandings with people. And it feels good, right? Uh, but in the end, right, and I'm, and I'm pro that, but in the end, you still have to come sit down with people that have different ideas, sometimes drastically different ideas on how to achieve certain things or if, if something is even a problem in order to get the political things done. Right. And a lot of the things that we're asking policy, you got to get policy change. So if you don't get policy change, if you don't have laws change, if you don't have representation at the seat of power. Right. You're just complaining. You're not always gonna be, we're not always going to be talking to people that we like. Yeah. We're not always going to be talking the same thing. They may not change their view, but we can influence and yeah. get the policy passed that we want by mm-hmm. numbers, votes and influence. You, you can do it. It just has to be that you're not always going to be able to uh, be best friends while doing it. You can't do this. This sort of work has to be done by people who are not desperate to assimilate and tap dance and coon. And you would be amazed at the number of uh, black professionals that I see that come into the party. And you can see it in their eyes. They're willing to tap dance and coon and not call things as they are. Because there's a lot that's being thrown at them. A lot of wealth, a lot of opportunity, a lot of uh, Oh yeah, they can stuff. be bought off, right? They, you, you know, and people <laughs> people are easy to, uh, and that's, and to that's, be swayed by that. And that's not just the Republican Party. That yeah, is that's, a Dem- that's Democratic general, Party as well. You know, it's people in general. But in in this case, what we're talking about is for, for people with uh, 
with fortitude, character, integrity. That's what it takes to come in and make a change like what we're proposing. And and this too, right? So you also, it's where we participate. We have to be strategic about that. Mm-hmm. We don't make up enough this people. Strategy. We don't make up we enough people in the general election, right? For most cases, I could see, you know, when you look at the numbers, we could sway a lot of different uh, part, a lot of different elections as a group. We could easily sway that. But also we have to participate in the uh, primaries. Mm-hmm. You have to participate in the selecting of candidates mm-hmm. and you also and have the promotion particip- of candidates mm-hmm. because that is where you get the change. Yeah. And we need multiple people in different parts of the party, different organizations in the party. Yeah. Right. You, you, you can't effect change if you're not willing to go through the refiner's fire of change. And that means that people are going to oppose you. Uh, people are going to gaslight you, talk trash to you, blah, blah, blah. Uh, guess what? Uh, this is what I say to other people who look like me. You've been black and brown your whole damn life. You um, ought to know what this feels like. We yeah. all know what this feels like, so it doesn't matter. We're trying to get to a certain point. So that requires that you stand up. And when you stand up, there's always somebody standing there waiting to kick the, kick the seat. You know, Tiffany, money. Dave Chappelle is in my mind. I'm thinking about his joke. I guess I'll be the leader, right? <laughs> <laughs> but that is so we're advocating for more B1 people to come into the Republican yeah. Party at not just vote Republican. Uh, I, we, I want you to vote Republican, but it's for the the power that comes with it to sway things and change things and that we're not victims. And it's not simply if we either vote Democrat or we don't vote at all. Right. What I want to see is on The New York Times, what I want to see on The Washington Post is what does the Demo- what do the Democrats have to do to get the black vote back? Because we are, believe it or not, we're the culture. We're the cool kids. We we set the pace. And we set the coolness of it. And mm-hmm. the one thing that I, I really like about the Republican Party is the idea of empowerment, right? Republicans will, will bellyache and moan if they lose an election, right? But you know what that we do? We go back and we figure out how can we win the Rally. election. That's what we do. And it's not just rallying communication. Mm-hmm. It's looking at the specifics mm-hmm. and the technicals, mm-hmm. the, technical, the technicalities of how the process mm-hmm. works. Take it what all do we have to and, do? And, and examine it. Okay, yeah. how... Uh, how do we fix this? Yeah. How do we get? How do we get the win? Yeah. How do, how do we, we get, get the, the win? win? So, and, so, and we could go on for this and on and on, but but this is how you get the win. So we are asking for B one people to come into the Republican Party. I'm not asking for more Herschel Walkers. Oh my God, oh, give me a headache. Uh, but I'm asking for people who are willing He's to stand. One too many headshots. I have told you this before. <laughs> But like is, uh, and, we and welcome terrible to be putting somebody if you're if you're if you're like if you are a black first, you're a black first individual. Right. Let's come into the Republican Party uh, because our values are represented there and it gives us options to run out a lot of the crazy and the, uh, and the madness that goes along with Magna with MAGA. I said Magna. <laughs> and you had your own Herschel Walker. Here you go. You've been listening to 930 AM with On the Record with Kevin and Tiffany. With Tiffany and Kevin. You've been enjoying On the Record with Tiffany. We encourage you to share these stories with friends and family. You can listen to other shows by going to 930AMTheAnswer.com. And join us next week for On the Record with Tiffany on 930AMTheAnswer. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.